0: Up on BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. It was a heartbreak followed by a bounce back as the Cougars split their weekend games with Gonzaga and Pepperdine in Provo. Now it's back on the road to the Bay Area for two big games, and we've got a big show with Coach Pope, Tanner Toulson, and Tanner Hayhurst next on BYU TV. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried and Jensen. And now, your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, good evening once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Studio C at the BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo, Utah, for your weekly peek inside the BYU men's basketball program. Glad to have you with us, whether you're live or on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Our social media hashtag, as always, is hashtag PopeShow. Coming up on tonight's broadcast, we will, among other things, recap. The Gonzaga and Pepperdine games from the Marriott Center this past weekend. Our film room segment features Richie Saunders. We'll look ahead to the road week at Santa Clara and San Francisco. Deep Blue gives us a deeper introduction to newcomer Jackson Robinson. Tanner Toulson and Tanner Hayhurst will join us live in studio. Plus, we'll have social media questions for the coach and the two Tanners in addition to some fun and games and cougar hoops trivia. we can't start the show without the man whose name is on the mugs. Let's say hello to the head coach of the Cougars, Mark Pope.
1: Hey. How are you? Is that all right? OK. What's up, player? Coach Pope. How are you, man? Good. Good, Good to, to see, see you. <sighs> he likes to do
0: this, scan the environment, yeah. get a vibe, awesome. get a sense, get a feel. Yes. Yeah.
1: I got a dashing young man in the back, giving us a little thumbs up, let's go. I like it. Thank you guys for coming tonight. And the first question I always get to ask is, what's on Mark's mind? I got two things tonight. Um, One is, why do we not do karaoke on this show? Yeah, you know, I've been thinking about that
0: myself we a were, lot lately. We were all, because we're both
1: so talented. We and were. Uh, it was like three or four shows ago, and like we broke in a "Happy Birthday," and then Greg started going like, started <laughs> harmonizing. Harmonizing. And just, I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. And then I we we talked about it as a team today, and I got a bunch of really really gifted singers on this team, and uh, so I don't know. I'm pushing for like every show we have one person from the studio audience, and the player do one like chorus of karaoke well you could know, we get a karaoke machine in here and do the whole thing we have a riff off studio audience versus the player mm-hmm. winner gets a new car i was with you until <laughs> but uh
0: you know producer hema has told me in my ear that he's working on it
1: oh i love it okay let's go so it's
0: already in oh, the that works me super excited super well we excited. had uh, we had two special nights at the Marriott Center. Uh, Leanne last. is
1: just like what? What is he doing? Is he talking yeah, about?
0: Which is kind of par for the course on this yes, thing. Yes. Uh, man alive, uh, BYU went one and one uh, last week, but uh, man, the 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 two evenings uh, we had together as 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 a fan base and and people who support the program, pretty remarkable. Uh, I had the two special nights.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, you'd have to check the stats on this, but I'm curious to know if there's any. Uh, if there's any team in the country, we had, give or take, what, 34,000 fans in the Marriott Center in, in two nights. I wonder if there's any school in the country that had that many fans show up to, to their home games over the course of the week. It was really special. And takeaway lesson for us, uh, we it's, this sports is such a great teacher, but, but uh, my guys had a chance to really learn that... You never want to let what almost was get in the way of what you can make happen right in the future. And they they did a great job. So it was a a really fun week last week. It was a gut wrenching uh, tough Thursday and then a much better Saturday,
0: by the way. The two crowds BYU had on, on your point there, 18,000, 15,000 roughly. So the number's right around there. And it moved BYU to 14th yep. in, in national average attendance. So you're a non-P5 program for the time being yep. in the national top 15 in crowds.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. So thank you. I yeah. mean, thank you. Like, it is so awesome to walk into this mayor Center. And the fact that we go and get there and we suffered together for the last 17 seconds of the Gonzaga game and celebrated together for... The whole Pepperdine game and it's fun. Thank you guys for being there. It's pretty magic.
0: Yeah, those two-day turnarounds never easy, but then shaking off Thursday's disappointment, to get, you're right back. Like next day, it's a new yeah. scout, it's a new plan, and you really have to mentally flip a switch, which is hard.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you think about the devastation these guys felt because they, you know, really what happened to us in the last 17 seconds of that game is like we're like we got it. We're gonna win this game Thursday night, and we lost our minds. And. Um, <laughs> And so to go from that um, and, and, and have to refocus, if you've ever had a major setback in your life that was very, very public and super emotional, um, if you've ever felt what it feels like, to which we all have, to wake up the next morning and, and just just want to do anything else in the entire world besides have to get out of bed and face the world, and then have that idea keep creeping back in your mind throughout the next 24 hours and have to keep staving it off like keep fighting it off that's what our guys did really successfully and it's an unbelievable learning lesson
0: yeah so the chance to turn around and beat pepperdine was kind of the metaphorical uh, splash of cold water to get you set right um speaking of splashes of cold water uh different places to go with the show but i want to hit something really quick what is going on with uh with trevin nell yesterday uh at the marriott center
1: yeah, so we finished. And that's the splash
0: of cold water I'm talking about. That's an entire dump uh, on, on the head of our, our guy Trevin. What's going on there?
1: We, 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 we uh, so we, f- we closed practice by having the scout team versus the starters, just one possession game. And um, it, whoever won, we jumped in our tandem zone with the starters, and the scout team had a chance to score. And whoever won that one possession, uh, the loser had to run up and touch the top of the Merritt Center and come back down. And it took that team so long to get up and down that we had time to form a welcoming line. (laughs) And our managers and GAs grabbed the cooler. And and, you know, normally you hold it above them. They just threw it right over top of your head. (laughs) It was awesome, but that was real ice water. It was cold.
0: You know he's just recovering from surgery. Let's give the guy a break here. Yes. Not try and maybe wreck his shoulder with the ba- yes. How's how's
1: he coming along by the way? He's doing great. Uh, he actually was in uh, one live defensive possession in in a press drill today, so he made it through one you know seven second defensive possession. I was super excited about that.
0: The later we get in the season, is it still okay to hope that he returns at some point this season, or at some point do you go ah? You yeah, know?
1: he's three weeks away from six months, which is kind of the marker and so as he gets closer and depending on how comfortable he gets we'll we'll try and figure out the best thing to do
0: all right let's take a look at what happened last week before we look ahead to the week ahead last week's at two game slate began with gonzaga making its last ever wcc trip to provo and this was a classic uh, back and forth affair great game tough finish highlights and stats presented by intermountain healthcare and uh Drew Timmy does what uh, Drew Timmy tends to do, but the, I thought they were their best player early. Anton Watson really gave him a good start.
1: Yeah, he was really problematic for us. He got us in a couple high-low isolations, a couple duck-ins, and um, he's a tough matchup for us, as physical as he was, but uh, we, we kind of found some answers uh, for him on the defensive end throughout the game, but he caused some real problems for us um, when he was on the defensive end. Was, he, he had a great game. Jackson Robinson tied the
0: game midway through uh, the first half. Gonzaga pulls away a little bit, but you guys hung in there.
1: Yeah, um, there were several times where I felt like the game could have got away from us. Uh, I thought our guys, you know, we made shots, which was really, really important. We had some terrific pace. Uh, Guys were really unselfish together. And so we hung in there and and, uh, actually put together a great run, you know, in the last, you know, 10 minutes of the game. In transition, our unselfishness was awesome. You just see, you know, we were getting great thrust the whole game, and um, it, it really paid off for us and guys delivering on open shots.
0: BYU with a, a ten-point lead under five to play. Gonzaga came right back, Those seconds after you got the ten-point lead.
1: Yeah, and these threes were killers, actually. So there were four threes down the stretch that really hurt us. None, none more disappointing than that one uh, to take the lead um and and the zags did what they've done you know you have to give them credit they made huge shots in crucial uh in the crucial stretch of the waning moments of the game and ended up coming with a win
0: now that was their third straight wcc game that were all on the road and all in which they had to come back from down double digits to yeah. someone else's building
1: yeah and then, you know this road trip that we're going on this week i think is the toughest road trip in the league this season is the santa clara san francisco uh, You know, back-to-back, and and they had actually just completed that before they got to the Marriott Center, and so, um, you know, they did. They, They managed to win all three of them.
0: So Julian Strother made that huge three to give the Zags the lead 10 seconds to play. Uh, you came out of a timeout with a play that had some options. You want to walk us through this a little bit?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, Julian Strother, you saw the first three he made was super impressive. Uh, the transition three we were up 10 that, where we had things rolling. He kind of quieted it. And we went to a goal game. Uh, we're trying to get the ball into a but they denied him and Rudy got it. And Spencer did an unbelievable job uh, turned the floor to get a catch and turned off the handoff they switched and then you know it's Watson uh, like I said as effective as he was offensively. You know, he, he he made a great switch for a four man on dispense and got a hand on the ball and it ended up there were guys open. We just didn't have possession of the ball and couldn't make the play and it was a, it was a terrific defensive play, play by a, a guy who had an outstanding night on the defensive end for a for a power forward to be able to have as much impact as he did throughout the game. Uh, switching on to Dallin Hall and getting deflections at the rim off penetration and and managed our guys in the post and then coming up with that huge play, he, he was absolutely terrific.
0: BYU was Seconds away from ending a bunch of Gonzaga streaks. Uh, One of the most impressive they had going, um, which now is extended to, they have have 93. Consecutive wins over unranked teams. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. That's crazy. All right, so a gut punch of a loss on Thursday uh, leading into Saturday's home game with Pepperdine. Very potent team, uh, Pepperdine, and you had to be very good offensively to keep pace with these guys, especially second half on Saturday. You to
1: have the press studio audiences right now. Was anybody at the game? Did anybody go to the game? Yeah, so look, I kid you not, if you scan the crowd, everybody is almost in tears. But then there was this a nice bounce back. Yes, yes, it was. And you know what? Again, 15,000 people showed up and the gym felt great. Um, And it it was, uh, you know, this is a really, really potent offensive team. Uh, Their starting three is only a sophomore, but he's getting talked about as maybe even sliding into the NBA lottery pick status. Um, And so we knew that we're going to have to find a way to guard and really play in transition. The guys answered the bell pretty well. First half
0: was as good as anyone's played Pepperdine defensively. uh, Kept them down to well below their average. Second half, they began to look a little more like they had been in games leading up to you.
1: Yeah, uh, Mallet got going. You know, he put 31 on us at Pepperdine last year. Pretty high uh, still for him. Really explosive two guard when him and Alex Barcello were just going at each other. Mm-hmm. And um, he came alive in the second half and caused some problems. And and Max came alive a little bit in the second half. And and uh, and then really what was problem for us was this George Zedek um they started taking Jan, off advantage of us. Jan Ziedek yeah uh, yeah I'm sorry George's George is the dad, dad you played against <laughs> uh started taking advantage of us switching ball screens and kind of punishing the post a little bit both off scoring in and making plays and so we kind of had to manage some situations in the second half the guys answered the bell and and uh did what we had to
0: do you had that uh, halftime lead of double digits and it uh it got crept into uh waves made it a, a one possession game a number of times the second half and you had a great answer every time
1: yep Richie Saunders had a big night. I thought he was absolutely tremendous. 13 points, best night in a while. Yeah, came with a couple of huge rebounds. Was really, really solid on the defensive end. Was great playing off two feet. Um, One of the biggest shots of the night there, Spence. Yeah, and Spence has been just playing unbelievable basketball also, both sides of the ball. Actually, Spencer in the first half was a seven-deflection guy in the first half. If you're not not feeling that, that is an incredible number. Uh, He just made such an impact on the game in the first half defensively. It was really incredible.
0: And of those deflections, a four were officially turned into steals, and BYU wins it by ten. Again, 91 points, and that's the most BYU scored against a Division I opponent this season. Uh, and uh, second chance points category, which which wasn't the strength in the Gonzaga game, flipped around. It was more like yourselves on uh, on Saturday.
1: Well, if, if if there's anybody here that's an accountant, if you could find some way to legally take two of those 91 points from Pepperdine and, <laughs> and revert put them. them in that Gonzaga game, we would be 2-0. Can anybody manage that, please? I'd be super grateful.
0: We'd be really appreciative. Yeah. Uh, Foos in this game, uh, near double double. uh, 19 points, nine rebounds. He makes eight of his 12 shots from the field. Great free throw night again. Uh, 79% free throw shooter is Fuseni Terraria right now. And defensively, there's one of his blocks. He had eight block shots in his last four games. He had eight block shots in his first 16 games. Yeah. So h- h- what do you account for that? The fact that he's well, much
1: more. You know, that first block we just saw, he was actually engaged in a ball screen. So he was a first, three, first things first in a weak ball screen. And they hit the roll. And he actually had to recover and make that play in the air. He is actually playing so much more mobile on the defensive end. It's been a huge push to have him and Atiki. We talk to him every day about you say guarding like guards, guarding like guards, not guarding like centers. And, and every scene, like, he's made a huge jump in his work on the defensive end, his intensity, his mobility, and we're seeing it in the results.
0: I want to talk more about Spencer Johnson. We hit him in the highlight. He's now played in 12 games, missed six, he's played in 12, he's scored in double figures in eight of those 12, and against Pepperdine, he goes 13 points, three rebounds, four steals. And, and appreciate his shooting numbers. He's 52% from the field at his position and 47% from the arc. Yeah. So, so integral to what you want to get done offensively.
1: Yeah, and he's making smart plays too. Um, he's getting the ball out of his hands really fast and really comfortably. He's, he's super, super confident right now. Um, he's been able to score off the bounce at the rim, and he's also shooting the ball uh, at a really, really high level. And of course, it all is laid on the foundation of his defensive work. I'm telling you, you know, what we get to watch in him is, is you know, I, I think back to um, guys like Jackson Emery, right, who are some of the great defensive players that have played at BYU. And Spencer Johnson is working his way into that category, one of the truly elite defensive players that ever played at BYU, and he's having a huge impact for us.
0: Something else that pops up in those video highlights, uh, no knee brace. Yep, yep. So he's feeling good. Yes. And playing really well. Uh, Time now to go inside the film room for a true insider's perspective on some of the biggest plays from our last game. And today, Jerem Jordan sits down with BYU freshman Richie Saunders. Quite a great game on Saturday. Let's hear from Jerem and Richie inside the
2: film room.
3: All right, what did it take Saturday to get up for that game against Pepperdine after Thursday's loss to Gonzaga?
2: It was a hard, like, 24 hours after. You know, like, we... Uh, We talk so much about getting better every day and, like, coaches really preach that a lot, especially because we had such a quick turnaround coming from Gonzaga, but we came in and had a really good practice the day after where we were all just dialed in and ready to move on and do something about the loss, you know, because it's not like you can really go back in time and change it, but uh, we were just so ready to get on the floor again and be able to at least <laughs> do something a little bit for it.
3: And you guys did on Saturday in the uh, film show. Let's break down some of this. First half, about four minutes left. You finished really well with the left hand and we see it here again.
2: I think the little push is something I've learned from Gideon George. Um, as I'm going down, I see Gideon, my guy, he uh, gives me a good lane, but the little push through with the right hand um, is a Gideon George move right there. I think he does super well.
3: Is the left hand a thing you've worked on a lot to get this comfortable?
2: Yeah like you know like we work uh, like legitimately twice a day on different finishing stuff like this. Um, and Coach Kale has been huge for me in this regard just really working and preaching getting the two feet <laughs> and yeah, I was fortunate enough to have this uh, open lane right here.
3: Okay about a minute later right-handed floater. <laughs>
2: This is a a BYU special, the quick. uh, DeHoff luckily finds me, and then um, I just got to show Foos how to do it, and so I (laughs) had to get it on film for him. (laughs) He's done it a couple times. (laughs) Once or twice, but (laughs) no, he just needed to see it from somebody else, you know?
3: (laughs) Okay, into the second half. Game's in the balance here. Pepperdine's really challenging you guys. Transition three from Jackson.
2: It's been a little bit emotional, like coming back from my mission. It's a little frustrating how like my shot is maybe taking a little bit longer than I would have hoped to get back in rhythm. Um, this last couple of weeks, me and Coach Gahill have really working. We've been in the gym every every morning, just working on uh, the fundamentals and just the the rhythm and the uh, flow flowness, if that's the word, um, of the shot. And it just it was like a little breath of fresh air right here. <laughs>
3: That right-handed single dribble to kind of get it into your shooting pocket was nice. And then the next play, it looks like you are ready for this ball as soon as Jackson Robinson can get it to you. And it's the next possession. Back-to-back plays. What was that like?
2: This <laughs> just felt, felt super good. You know, it's again, I got, I'm learning so much this year. And one of the biggest things is just the patience. Like, um, up and down, you just have to be patient.
3: I don't know about you, but when I play sports, I, I don't really hear anything. When you make a three in front of your bench, can you hear them?
2: <laughs> yeah, no, they, they go crazy. <laughs> it's like funny because like, like I love it because like when Jackson will hit a three in the corner, like he'll turn around and just like talk to the bench. But um, yeah, no, they, 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 they go crazy. It's so fun.
3: And that camaraderie is awesome. Yeah. OK, later in the game, offensive rebound and put back. It felt like Pepperdine just didn't want to
2: defend here. <laughs> Finally, finally, I got one, you know, I would crash and crash and crash, but, you know, I just, I got, I somehow came up with it, I guess.
3: Nice performance uh, in this game against Pepperdine. Now a big week against Santa Clara and San Francisco, Mm -hmm. Uh, what will it take to uh, come home with a couple of victories?
2: You know, just grit. I think we're going to have to uh, do what we do, which is getting better and getting better. Santa Clara is a very strong and talented team um, and you know we just have to really work again and on transition defense. Um, if we can be super good in transition defense and rebound um, you know like we'll, we'll, we'll be all right um, but these are this is a very big road trip for us.
3: Dave, good luck in the Bay Area.
2: Thank you.
0: All right the present's really good for Richie and the future is really bright.
1: Yes um you're a wordsmith
0: i i do my best
1: i'm i'm contending that flowness of your shot is not (laughs) a word We may have to introduce it to the, uh, to the vocabulary, though. But if the shots are going in, man, I'm going to start yeah. using it. I'm going to be like, Richie Saunders' flowness was fire tonight. Yes. You will tonight's, hear me uh, say that if he keeps making shots. The flowness, that will become a word. Tonight's uh, verbiage bonus
0: is flowness. <laughs> All right, for your day-to-day Cougar Sports play-by-play, watch BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan weekdays noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. When we come back, we'll have a deep blue feature on Jackson Robinson. And special guests, Tanner Toulson and Tanner Hayhurst, the two Tanners, joining us in studio as BYU Basketball with Mark Pope continues. Stay with us.
3: BYU Basketball with Mark Pope is brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen,
0: helping Utah families for over 30 years, and by Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU Athletics. Welcome back to BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. Time now to go close up with the Cougs as we learn more about their lives on and off the court. And today we discover that after stops at Texas A&M and Arkansas, Jackson Robinson has found a home at BYU in this week's edition of Deep Blue.
4: This is going to sound crazy, but when Jackson was two, I bought him a little tight basketball goal, and I put it together. I had a little orange ball that came with it, and he picked it up and shot it with perfect form the first time. I mean, like, absolutely perfect form. So I gave it back to him, and he shot it again. And I picked up the phone and called my dad and said, you have to come over here and see this. And since then, he's just always loved basketball.
5: It's a big basketball family. Um, I come from a lot of hoopers.
4: He played on his first team when he was four, and The coach, after the season, was like, you guys need to put him on a real team. (laughs) because He knows what he's doing. He could dribble, he could shoot, shoot a layup. So, from a very early age, he loved it, and he obviously had some natural talent for it.
5: My grandma, she was a Hall of Famer. My aunt, she went to Southeastern. She was also a Hall of Famer. My mom went there after transferring from Missouri State. She became a Hall of Famer also.
4: I think it was great for him as a basketball player. He had lots of people he could look to for advice, and. Even though he might not see it as help, we often give him critical feedback that he might not love to hear, but we give it to him anyway because we know it's best for him.
6: And so it's been really neat to see, right, that confidence that Jax has in his game and how that has grown, right, over the years and where we're able to see him, but also that he understands the game at a really high level because he's been taught really, really well from a couple of strong women in his life.
5: Just the motivation of my family and friends and everything, it just kept me going, and now I'm here today.
4: Freshman year was tough. He graduated high school a year early, so he went to Texas A&M as a 17-year-old.
5: COVID had just hit. We couldn't get on campus, so I didn't have a summer with my fellow teammates and my coaches. It's tough to leave your kid somewhere and hope they do all right. But I mean, I knew he'd be all right, but, you know, I don't like him struggling things like that so it was tough down there at texas to see him in that situation you know it was just difficult kind of adjusting to college from high school so fast it was a fast transition during the season some of us kept getting COVID, things like that and uh it was just rough we finished last in the sec so
4: I think that team just really struggled to find themselves and to create any kind of bonds just based on the fact that they were spending no time together other than when they were practicing. I think the stress was hard for the players, the stress was hard on the coaching staff, and ultimately it just led to Jackson just not finding a great fit.
5: Just kind of going through that struggle though, I think it kind of made me who I am. Just going through
1: those ups and downs, it, it taught me a lot of lessons. And then after his first year transfer to Arkansas, Really good program. Didn't really have the opportunity that he was seeking. And then year three.
4: We went to dinner with Coach Pope. Most of the coaching staff and Trevin and Trey. And Trevin told the coaches, you guys leave. They want to just let them ask us questions without you here listening so we can be totally honest and they don't feel like they can't ask. And so the coaches left for like 45 minutes and left us with those two. And we had a very open and honest dialogue with them. And they told us all about what the team's goals are, kind of how they interact with one another, how the coaches are and they said they're exactly who they are all the time. This is, this is exactly how they are. And that was just a really good feeling because Jackson was looking for a place to go where he felt valued as a player and also as a person, and what place he could build relationships with the coaches that had been something he'd been lacking.
1: I think he's found a home here where we certainly love having him here, and I think he fits in here perfectly. We take a lot of pride
6: in helping right, Jackson, all of our guys, right, grow in every aspect of their life. We believe that he can grow as a basketball player in a lot of ways. We also believe that he can grow off the court through his academic experience, through his NIL experience, and through every other experience that he has here in the state of Utah at BYU so that he can go forth and serve and be the best human being he can be when he finishes time here at BYU.
4: Jackson's someone who is very unselfish. He has such a kind heart and he's also very determined. So when you have someone who has such a big focus on giving back to people and doing the right thing in situations, and then you see someone who's so focused, it's someone who wants to make a difference. So he sees something that could be unjust or someone struggling in a situation, and he really does everything he can to try to make that situation better for them. And I think it's been really neat to watch him from a very early age think about things that I don't think most kids think about and then try to do what he can to help in those situations.
5: I feel like a lot of people have sacrificed for me to be where I'm at. So the support that I got, I can give it back to whoever. I just want to be able to return the favor at some point.
0: Well, it was so cool to have Jackson on the show with us here last yeah. week, and then to learn even more about his story. And man, the hope is that he feels he's found a fit because fit was a lot about that that, that feature we just- Yeah, it
1: was. And he's, um, he listen, he is getting better and better and better. And he's he's he's, you know it's hard to to listen. New places are hard, and he is. Um, and sometimes guys uh, step there, talk a couple times, and and they start to fade away into the background. And he hasn't. He he keeps pushing through and. You know, to his credit and, and a heavy weight on his shoulders, his ceiling is ridiculously high. And so he's he's been good for us. He has a chance to turn into a spectacular basketball player. And it's going to be a matter of his work and his how, how hungry he is. And so far, he's shown a lot of work and a lot of hunger. So uh, high hopes for Jackson. Grateful for what he's done for us. All. And as much
0: as he's been around already at a kind of high level, after this year, he'll still have – two years with you,
1: Willian, up to two yeah. years with he's you? Yeah, he's a COVID sophomore. Right? Yeah. He's just a baby. So yeah. um, he's got, he does, doesn't he? Like, he just looks like he's young, doesn't he? <laughs> and so he is. he's actually, you know, without the COVID year, he's actually the age of a sophomore normally right now because he started so early. And so, um, man, we're grateful to have him. Can't wait to see what he does. Yeah, and as you
0: get closer to this transition to your new conference, the, the phrase, you know, Big 12 player comes up, he feels a lot of aspects of his game, if you watch yes. the Big 12 now, like he could fit right in that in
1: that mix. Yes, especially with the player that he is trying to become. He he definitely fits in, man. He he really fits.
0: All right, our special guests tonight are making their first appearance on the Pope show. Uh that's one distinction they share. Another is their first name. Uh please welcome into Studio C Tanner toulson and Tanner Hayhurst. Coach. Yep. How are you doing? Tanner Wilson, hello, Tanner here. Coach hello, you guys both been oh, yeah. over there,
1: yeah, cool. Coach Popa head it's over so cool. here. Good job on matching gear, guys. Yes.
6: <laughs> and the <a> fresh cut? <laughs> yes, sir, Ooh, had to. Let's and go. Unplanned.
1: Look
0: at this, I mean, this is, it's, like, it's almost as if this was like a planned setup here. Yeah. This is a fantastic, <laughs> great job. Uh, all right, guys, thanks for coming in. Thank, thank you. you. All right, let's, uh, let's maybe talk about some other distinctions you guys share besides your first name. Well, beyond that, you guys live together?
6: We do. We do. yeah. Uh,
0: who's your other roommate or roommates? We room with Dallin. OK, mm-hmm. yep. you're good guy? Oh, yeah, okay. we yeah. have a lot of fun in our house. OK, uh, you were both, um, they were notable high school scorers. Yes, they were. Uh, as high school seniors, uh, 22, 23 points a game for both these guys. Eagle, Idaho, Vancouver, Washington. Let's hit Tanner Toulson first. Um,
1: I just broke the chair, Greg. I
0: can't, it's not <laughs> that bad a break. Here we go. <sighs> These chairs have handled the biggest football players alive, and they'll handle Mark Pope tonight, no doubt about that. All right, uh, the name is familiar, it's a family tie. Uh, for those that aren't super familiar, the Toolsons who played at BYU, who are they? Oh my gosh, I,
7: I think the Toulson name has been around BYU for at least 400 years, right? Like, I think everyone remembers Toulsons from way back when. but. Um, I think it's super cool just to be here and uh, to be able to um, continue to live on the name of the Tulsons at BYU, and um, I'm excited to make my own mark.
1: But wait, who are the Toolsons?
7: The Toolsons are, are competitive, fiery, oh, fan. What are their names. The, their names? Their names? dad?
1: Oh, my gosh. Okay, he yes. We just set you up to give your dad a giant <laughs> shout-out. Andy, I am so sorry, man. I should have prepped it before we started.
7: That, that, that's on me. That's on me. Andy Tulson. All right. <clears throat> I think... Everyone on their dog and Provo knows Andy Tools, and that's where everyone I talk to. But he was a BYU legend. Um, he's um, the, my dad, obviously, and he's been one of the best um, athletes and competitors that I know growing up. He's helped me through a lot, helped me develop my shot, helped me through everything basketball wise, and um, he's just always been there for me no matter what happens. He says, No matter what happens with basketball, I'll always love you and I'll always be here for you. So I think it's super special.
0: You had a sister compete here, you had a cousin compete here, who are they?
7: Uh, Yeah, so I had my older sister Taryn, um, swam here for four years. Um, And I had a second cousin Jake who played here not too long ago. Right.
0: Your first team? Yes. Your first BYU team. All right, and Tanner Hayhurst. What a,
1: you, Andy, and Jake go on the court right now. Whoa. Who's winning one-on-one? Say it here on national television. There's no <laughs> there's no backtracking what you answer. I'm winning, Coach. Okay. I yeah. <laughs> Jake, the guy that has been thrown down, on, brother. <laughs> uh, your Jake, Jake will probably be in the gym tomorrow. I bet you he shows up to practice. He shows up tomorrow. tomorrow.
0: <laughs> I heard what Tanner said. Um, your father played at Weber State.
6: Yeah, he did. Yeah, he just played a season there, and then he tore his patellar tendon, and so he had to hang it up when he came back from his mission, sadly.
0: Okay, so those who are watching going, man, uh, Tanner Toulson I've seen play. I haven't seen Tanner Hayhurst play. Uh, You're going to redshirt this year? Is that what the decision is? Yeah. Okay. Tell us a bit about your path to BYU. Again, you were a high school stud in Idaho, scored a ton of points. There were interest from other schools. What led you here?
6: Um, Just the family culture here at BYU, the winning tradition. Um, Obviously, Coach Pope and the staff have been really good to me, and Um, It's really felt like home since we've been here since, I guess, June when me and Tully got on campus, so super hyped to be here.
1: You know, we actually don't refer to Tanner as Tanner. (laughs) That one. No, Tanner. This one? (laughs) Okay, hers. Yeah. So when you see Tanner, you you have uh, permission to refer to him as the Eagle. That's (laughs) what he's called on our team. He is the Eagle. And some people think it's because he's from Eagle, Idaho. That is not the case. The case is that the team has unanimously voted he's the most likely person on the team to become the president of the United States.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Hao Dong is probably the only person that would think that.
0: <laughs> that would be a secret service the name. The Eagle. The Eagle. The, the Eagle. Eagle is in flight. Um, but meantime, I thought you meant, because no, one, I hear Thule more than I hear Tanner. Thule, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, we yeah. actually don't call either of them
0: Tanner. <laughs> they're both called Tanner, but they're not. Um, you guys served missions in SEC country right, uh, Florida for you and Louisiana, Louisiana for you, right, and your mission experiences in a, in a nutshell, how would have it go?
7: In a nutshell, um, I grew a lot, learned a lot, um, grew closer to my savior, which is um, the main objective and helped others do the same. And I love the places I served. And so I was able to serve on the Florida State campus, so I got to okay. see a little bit of what college life was like. Before, so before Also I'm ACC country in
0: addition to SEC. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah, how about you?
6: Yeah, I love my mission. It was super um, impactful for me, just growing as an individual. Was it
4: New Orleans um, for you?
6: So it was Baton Rouge, but we covered New Orleans. Okay. I served in New Orleans. That was my last area, and uh, I loved it there. The people were amazing. The food was great. <laughs> uh, a lot different than Idaho and Utah, but I loved every minute. <laughs>
0: All right, and by the fact that he went to Eagle High School and it's from Eagle, Idaho. It doesn't hurt the it's Eagle. It's yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and another little-known fact is that Thule served his mission in the same area at the same time as my daughter Ella. Oh, and so I was getting the inside scoop the whole time ago <laughs> oh, yeah. So I can't say it on to air, but afterwards, I can tell you guys some stories. <laughs>
0: Commercial break time. It's the best time on this show. Uh, what do these two guys bring to the BYU basketball program?
1: Uh, they bring a ton of juice, like a ton of juice. So. Um, Just moments to stick in my head. Uh, It was super fun. If anybody was at Midnight Madness to see Thule uh, just kind of um, uh, talk about there's not that many guys who walk into the Marriott Center as freshmen and aren't a little bit intimidated by the energy in the building and Thule just fed off it. Uh, He's gonna have a really special career here and um, and and the Eagle um, his most recent claim to fame is he's our only undefeated pregame speech deliverer was he 3-0 and now <laughs> hence his run for the presidency right? <laughs> he can give a speech and he crushed it on saturday he's 3-0 and right now and um, we might turn the reins over to him for every single game for the rest of the season cool. we're still trying to decide
0: how does the pregame speech assignment rotation work
6: um, coach kind of just decides and then that day you'll you'll kind of get a text sometimes it's <laughs> Hey, what's your record with the PN speech? And if you're, <laughs> that, was, that was my if question. You, this Pepperdine game was huge, and so
1: I canvassed the guy and asked them all what their record was. And guy got it. Tanner, yeah, uh, two and Eagle was two and zero, so we he went with him, and he delivered. Now three and zero.
0: And, and you uh, you cross sports in your speech this time, right?
6: Yeah, I went to uh, a quote from Geno. It happened to be the same day that he lost in the wild card game, but we Geno Smith, Seattle Seahawks quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. So it was it was fun. It was a good.
0: As a guy from Washington State, do you respect that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah.
7: I mean, I'm not a huge Seattle Seahawks fan, but a bunch of my friends from back home are, so. All I right, you guys,
0: you guys hang tight. Uh, still on the way. It's our weekly game show segment, and uh, you guys will be head to head in a test of wits and wills. Ooh. You ready for this? Let's go. Are. I'm All right. ready. UA basketball markup continues after this day. Right? Let's get to the fun and games portion of tonight's show. Hit it.
1: Let's go. Oh. Nerd Quest. <laughs> nerd Quest. Oh, no. We are playing
0: Nerd Quest with the two Tanners, and no offense, of course. Um, we, do have, we do have Nerd Glasses for each of you. With oh man! Awesome. So, uh,
7: I'm Raquel Weez with style, man. Let's, let's go.
0: And these might be keepers. Uh, if you guys have a good week. Um, we're gonna lead you through the three worlds of nerddom. <laughs> wow!
7: You
1: oh my goodness. goodness!
0: There we go. This is fantastic. And the fact <laughs> they have the, map of the like the hoodies, it all comes oh, together. It here. It is
1: the royal. This completes the, royal. the royal fit, actually. I love the royal.
0: All right, we have three questions in each round, and and uh, the first round is Harry Potter questions. Okay. That's like a nerd basic. Uh, <laughs> the second round, uh, Star Wars, and then the third round is Lord of the Rings. Whether or not you guys are totally experts on this, it doesn't matter, here we go. <laughs> oh, All right, Tanner Hayhurst, Harry oh, Potter, no. first round. Oh no. Uh, what are the four Hogwarts houses? House of blank, you have the four of them. There are four.
6: If you get one or two, we'll be impressed. One, maybe? Dude, do, do you know the colors? I read the book a long time ago, House <laughs> so I didn't hear the cough. That'd be one of them. Uh,
0: <laughs> Gryffindor.
6: Okay. Gryffindor.
0: Tanner's going to help him out. Yes. We, got, we got Gryffindor, we got Slytherin. Uh, the other two would be Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw. Wow. Wow, that. we uh, For Tanner Toulson, uh, what train platform leads to the Hogwarts Express? Uh, all I know is you ran through a wall with a little shopping cart. <laughs> right. At uh, a platform. It has a number, and it's not booting up for you, is it?
7: Oh, no, it's not.
0: Train platform. Nine. Nine and three quarters. Uh, Yep, that one. Three quarters, that one, that one. All (laughs) right, uh, Tanner Hayhurst. uh, What is Harry Potter's position on the Gryffindor Quidditch team? Wow. (laughs)
1: I need an so, so, listen, right now, Tanner, we can see the monitor right here, and he's looking at himself, the eagle is, with these glasses on and not, not knowing these questions. He's like, my presidential bid is over. <laughs> he's seeing it up in flames right now as we speak. This will be on posters in years to come. I'm waiting for the Star Wars questions.
0: Uh, okay, uh, Seeker would be the answer there. Seeker is evidently a physician. Uh, for Toulson, Tanner Toulson, if you speak parcel tongue, with what are you able to communicate? Snakes.
1: Yes! yes. Nicely done!
0: Nice. And there was no hesitation there! I was concerned after the first round. Uh, for Tanner Hayhurst, uh, what is Voldemort's muggle name? His real world name, his real life name, his IRL name. Voldemort's muggle name. You don't know, me? Uh, do
7: you know him yet? I can't remember.
0: It was. Tom Riddle. Tom Riddle. Tom Riddle. Uh, And I had a feeling on that one. It was was close. And for Tanner Toulson. Uh, Voldemort splits his soul into pieces called Horcruxes. How many Horcruxes are there? There are seven? Eight. Seven? Both will work. Seven plus Harry, who was the secret Horcrux. So well done. Yeah, you guys nailed that. (laughs) All right. Second round. We're going Star Wars now. Yeah, okay. we have music for this better. one too. We have background music <laughs> wow. Star Wars. Uh,
1: so, do you know about these guys? Was you part of the Star Wars crew? Yeah. Will you guys share with us what happened
6: this summer? We uh, we kind of wanted to get the team together for some activities outside of just like the workouts, lifts, and shooting and things like that over the summer. So, we started a Star Wars night in the film room. Um, we watched all nine of the, the movies. That's amazing. Was, well, this is great. gonna go
0: well then. <laughs> as long <laughs> as
1: it's not for any like clone wars or anything <laughs> like that, we should be good. Okay, Coach Pope for Tanner Hayhurst. All right. How many engines does the X-Wing fighter have? Wow, that's actually a hard one. I'm gonna go with that's a tough question. Is it four? Four is the correct
6: <laughs> answer. Yes,
0: way to go. Let's
6: go. For Tanner Toulson.
0: What planet does Luke Skywalker call home? Tatooine. Wow! And the answer, of course, is Tatooine. There it is, uh, no doubter. Uh, Coach Pope for Tanner here. How
1: many years old is Yoda when he dies? This is impossible. Oh.
0: There's no way. you know. Okay, come within 50 years. <laughs> 900. What? 900 nails it. That is well, really that's impressive. Right. Nice job. Let's go. For Tanner Toulson, who built C-3PO? Um.
7: Luke, Luke Skywalker.
0: Uh, no, uh, no, was,
1: Anakin, no, Anakin did. Yes, yes Anakin yes, Skywalker. Very good. There we go. Uh, for Tanner Hayhurst, Coach Pope. Who kissed Princess Leia first? First, oh, Luke.
6: Han Solo. Before? Oh, yes. they, they did kiss that one time. Wait, wait,
1: isn't that Princess Leia Han's sister? No, Luke's sister. Oh, no, sister. Luke's sister, okay. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I got <laughs> that.
0: <That's
2: laughs> a movie. Show,
0: what is happening? For Tanner Toulson, uh, what is the name of the Death Star's original commander? Oh, my god! The Death Star's original commander, old school.
1: Original my era. Commander. I, I would put Whoa. a 1000 bucks on this. You're not getting this answer. This is impossible. I think the Death Star's original commander, was it? 2000,
0: 2000. Oh, Oh, he's coming. You
7: got um, it. You got it. The Darth
1: Sidious? It was Grand Moff Tarkin. Oh, no. Grand I Moff There yeah. There is nobody that's in here that would have got that, is there? I got you, Coach. I had you it, Coach. You would have got it? I had it. Really? I did. Oh, that's amazing.
0: Okay, third round. This is Lord of the Rings, Ooh. and I am out on all these. All right, uh, for Tanner Hayners, Coach Pope.
1: What was the answer to the riddle that Gandalf could not figure out to open the door? Answer to the riddle. The answer to the riddle. The the to the riddle. Yeah. Remember when they were on the rock wall? Anybody? I've seen it, but I can not
0: Do you know what Tanner Toulson?
1: Wow, who said that? That is impressive. Wow. Someone
0: in the audience said it. Uh, speak, friend, and enter. Speak, wow. friend, and enter. There it is. That great. Uh, for Tanner Toulson, uh, who, who used to own the Ring of Power until Bilbo Baggins picked it up in the cave?
1: Uh, Smeagol.
0: Yep, uh, Gollum would also gollum. work for that one. Let's Either gollum. one, Gollum or Smeagol, very good. Uh, for How many eight.
1: rings of power were made for the elves, dwarves, and men? So there's like, different numbers. There's, there's a number for the elves, a number for the dwarves, oh. and a number for the men. Thirteen? Uh, get, uh, no, but that, it was, it's a team. It's definitely a number. It's a, it's it's a, a team. A it's uh, a a team.
0: Uh, three for the elves, seven for the dwarves, nine for the men.
1: Close to 13 if if, if you (laughs) combine it. Where is is Rich Harwood when you (laughs) answer all of these correctly?
0: Tanner Toulson, uh, what marks the end of the Third Age? And again, all this for me is like. Third
7: Age? Um, I'm just going to guess when they put the ring in the volcano and destroy it. Yes, yes, That's uh, it? perfectly That's done, correct. yes.
0: Wow. <laughs> when Sauron is killed after the nice. One Ring is destroyed. We got to go with that as a, as a correct answer. That's cool. In The
1: Hobbit, what was the name of Thorin's <laughs> elven sword that originally came from Gondolin? Wow. <laughs> In The Hobbit, what was the name of the Thorin's elven sword that originally came from Gondolin? I assume I'm saying those right. I think hey. I'm, I'm with Greg on this one. I got, <laughs> I got no
6: idea.
0: Anything from you on that? You want to steal it? Um, no. Does okay. Orcrist ring a bell? Orcrist. Orcrist. Okay, interesting. Uh, Tanner Toulson, our last question. Um, what is Bilbo's relation to Frodo?
7: Bilbo is Frodo's uncle.
0: Okay, I'm going to I'm going to tell you right now that you already gave us the answer earlier in the show. Yes,
1: you did. You said a relationship. You said these earlier. words earlier
0: in the show. What is Bilbo's relation to Frodo? Second cousin. Second cousin. Very good. Nicely done. Uh, we that believe that our well. final score That's here terrible. is Tanner Toolson six, and Tanner Hayhurst, two. Oh. So, uh, <laughs> solid, solid oh. efforts from both of you. Uh, Down uh, goes the Eagle. Rousing edition of NerdQuest. Thank you for playing. All right. Uh, let's get back to basketball for a second. Um, this weekend, BYU plays uh, by the Bay <laughs> uh, games at Santa Clara and San Francisco. Uh, first up, Coach Pope, Broncos. Uh, half game back of BYU in the WCC. Uh, they're fourth in the WCC, and Ken Palm, third and net. Really good team with an excellent
1: player. Yeah, they're really, really good. They have a transfer that's coming from Illinois that's just putting up ridiculous numbers. They're they're huge. They're really, really physical. Uh, Herb Sendek is one of the great coaches in the country. Um, th- 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 this is going to be a, a, an incredible challenge for our guys, and we can't wait. Yes, guys. Absolutely. 100%. Okay,
0: Santa Clara uh, scored 92 in a weekend win at Pacific. That was without Brandon Pajemski, that, that, that transfer you're talking about from Illinois. Uh, Bronco breakdown, they're 15 and five. Again, they score it well. Uh, just a really solid team. Uh, great rebounding team like yourselves, and they have a good home record. So a uh, tough test on Thursday. Saturday, it'll be San Francisco. Uh, the Dons, they're one and five. To start league, which maybe like the surprise story of league play so far is how USF struggled to open up. Yeah, they're a
1: great team. They they have lost a couple of tough games. They've already played St. Mary's and Gonzaga, um, and and had tough games there. Uh, but they're a really good team. They're incredible. They, they're, they're actually very similar to Santa Clara. They're really big. They're really really physical. They've got incredibly dynamic guards in the backcourt. Uh, like I said, this is the toughest road trip in our league when you put the two games together, and so it's on.
0: I was going to turn and say you guys could take the glasses off, but the glasses already came off. Uh, Those were not a keeper. All right. uh, Join us next Tuesday for another edition of BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, 830 Eastern, 630 Mountain on BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Coming up next, we'll have social media questions for Coach Pope and the two tanners when BYU Basketball with Mark Pope returns on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Stay with us. BYU Basketball with Mark Pope is brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. Smith's, fresh for everyone. And
6: by Cascade Collision Repair, serious about perfection.
0: All right, so we're back on BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. Let's get to our social media Q&A segment. Uh, This question comes for the two tanners. How has serving a mission uh, blessed your life and your basketball game? We'll start with Tanner Toulson.
7: Absolutely. I think serving a mission just teaches you how to live, uh, live life, um, teaches you a lot of lessons in mental toughness and perseverance and continue to do what is right even when um, it's not always easy. And so you can translate a lot of the lessons you learn from your mission into basketball, into relationships, into life, and I
6: think that's just been huge for me. Great, Tanner Hayhurst. Yeah, I think there was a lot of things that I learned on my mission that I couldn't have really learned anywhere else and put in certain scenarios with certain people um, that have really blessed my life and will continue to bless my life. As far as basketball goes, we, we only get, you know, one day a week that we can really hoop, but we, we use that day as best as we could. It was, it was fun. playing. Did, the did you still games. have your shot when you would go shoot? Um, it depended on the week. Sometimes, you know, you wouldn't get to play for two weeks. You'd be like, man, like I'm a little rusty. But <laughs> it, it came back pretty quick. I think the Eagle will always have a shot.
7: His, <laughs> is, his nickname yeah. is Clay Thompson because it's yeah. so pretty when he shoots. Nah.
0: Looking forward to seeing you. Uh, and from Hema, producer Hema has the question uh, Which tanner's the best tanner?
6: This the one. Best tenor.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and they both you have hesitated, the right bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, looking ahead to our weekend broadcast schedule. You've got uh, two Bay Area games this week at BYU in Santa Clara, BYU in San Francisco, and a similar setup for both games. We'll have a radio pregame one hour before tip at 10 o'clock Eastern, late game on Thursday night with the game on CBS Sports Network at 11 Eastern, 9 Mountain, 8 Pacific. And then stick with us post-game for courtside coverage. Coach Pope and a BYU player joining us courtside afterward. And then Saturday at San Francisco, earlier game, 5 Pacific, 6 o'clock Mountain. Again, one hour radio pregame, Again, CBS Sports Network. And again, BYU Radio for the post-game. As we take another break, here's this week's trivia question presented by Cascade Collision Repair. Serious about perfection. And here's our question. Since Santa Clara is on the agenda, uh, one of these former Santa Clara Broncos won four NBA championships as a player and five more as an assistant coach and executive. The other former Santa Clara Bronco became a two-time NBA MVP and later an NBA head coach. Who are these two former Broncos? The answer coming up next. Stay with us. BYU Basketball with uh, Mark Pope. Here's tonight's trivia question presented by Cascade Collision Repair. These two former Broncos, both accomplished in the NBA. The answers here are Kurt Rambis and Steve Nash. Rambis, of course, legendary Lakers player. Steve Nash, of course, did what he did, and uh, both come out of that program. Pretty cool.
1: That's, a, that's amazing.
0: All right, we hope it's an amazing week uh, for you and the boys. Good luck. Tanner, Tanner, thank you. Coach Pope, thank you. Let's go thank get you. two Ws. We'll do it again next week.
1: Thanks, yes, sir. Thank All right, you.
0: thanks again. Hey, See you Good night.